Come on. Left Club, this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Charlie Fang. Charlie, are you ready to do this? Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, George. Excited to have you on. Charlie is an entrepreneur. He is an investor, a mentor. He and organizations he has worked with have funded over $2 billion across 5,000 companies. Charlie, again, I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, um, I guess uh, my background is uh, I grew up in a kind of middle class family, uh, first generation immigrant, um, and the uh, I, I learned about kind of I guess entrepreneurship or the idea that you can kind of build your own business sometime in college. I did before that I didn't really know it was a it was something you can make a career out of. It was a a thing, <laughs> um, and I think that was the eye opening moment when I realized that you know you could. If you could build something that people want, or if you could build something that uh, solves a particular problem, you could kind of make a living doing this. And I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, a lot of fun just problem solving and taking uh, something that I thought needed to be changed, or I wished something existed, and uh, doing that. So a lot of my skill set is uh, kind of self-taught, but kind of a mix between uh, a bit of programming, kind of the data side, a bit of finance. That's kind of where. I guess I was technically trained uh, from a schooling college perspective and uh, product, uh, which is kind of a bit of the intersection. Um, and uh, we started building ClearCo uh, six years ago. That's the most recent company. Before that, I had a couple of companies, one in uh, the AI space and the other one in the creator space. And uh, we, we, all the founders of ClearCo, we were kind of repeat founders. And one of the lessons we learned from our previous experiences was that no one starts a business to go fundraise, right? You don't start, you start a business to solve a problem. You start a business because you're passionate about something, but no one starts a business to look at accounting and the books all day. Yet most successful you know, entrepreneurs, if you talk to them, they're like, yeah, I spent most of the day on the road fundraising or talking to investors. And uh, that's kind of what we wanted to, to change a little bit. Um, so uh, that's why we built Clickle. And as you said, so we do this in a non-diluted fashion. We do this purely data-driven. We plug into data sources of companies. And it's very different from kind of traditional investing. It's more so uh, more like a, a data-driven way to look at a business. And then we just automatically deploy capital or fund people uh, if criteria are met. Nice. What did your parents do? Or what, uh, what, 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 what do they do? Yeah, both of my parents are, are scientists uh, and uh, they work for the government and they've been doing kind of the same job for uh, multiple decades now. And um, you know, growing up as a kid, I looked up very much to my parents and I was like, oh, I guess this is the, this is what you should do, right? Kind of thing. Um, and I was very much of a math and science student kind of growing up as a, in high school and all that. Uh, and I guess that didn't really change until college. Got it. And so you recognize, oh, wow, there's an opportunity to, to be an entrepreneur, to make a living by solving problems and, and bringing cool things into the world. And you did that, and now you have you know funded two billion dollars, probably way more than that at this point. Yeah. But this massive number, it's fascinating. It's like when when you're a parent and you come from, for lack of a better term, from nothing, and you become a wealthy person. How do you help kids to, or is it possible to help your children to have that same grittiness, work ethic, 
And I wonder if there's a similarity there between what you went through of starting from nothing, not from nothing, but becoming successful and then helping other companies to get funded more easily. Do you see parallels there? See what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, and uh, you're right now we funded, I think, over 6,000 companies, 2.5 bill and, and such, and it's, it's kind of growing. And in that regard, I think uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I don't have any kids yet, but um, something I do think about is uh, like what, because I do think that we're all products or byproducts of our surrounding, our history, you know, our interactions and all that and uh, a bit of a product of our, you know, our history and our environment. And I think a lot about like, you know, what made me who I am today? Well, why do I make certain decisions or think about certain things the way I think about today? Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, I have my parents to thank for, right? Or uh, whether it's my early mentors during college or kind of uh, friends, but most of all, back at its roots, it's, it's your parents. Uh, and for me, I, I still remember that, um, uh, we would do price matching you know, when we first uh, moved to Canada and uh, the, uh, we were d- definitely not wealthy uh, by any means. And I wouldn't even classify us uh, as that you know, or even close to that today, very much middle class. And um, we, I remember kind of taking a 20 minute bus just so that we could get a banana that's like two cents cheaper <laughs> at a different grocery store. Right? <laughs> um, and I think one of the things that I've come to appreciate a lot more, uh, although I think the frugality is still kind of, you know, baked into me, if you will, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot more about like the time value of money, where the twenty-minute bus ride might not be worth the two cents I'm going to save. Although <laughs> if it's saving like you know two dollars or something, I don't know. But like you know, if it's a larger amount, maybe it's worth it. But uh, probably not for the two cents banana anymore. Um, but uh, as a result, I think we uh, when we built. ClearCo, we thought a lot about uh, the best use of capital. So depending on what initiatives you're using it for, um, the best use of capital may not be equity capital. It may not be debt capital. And it may not be ClearCo, uh, kind of these alternative capital sources that you're seeing pop up. Uh, so we think about uh, from a funding your business perspective, it really depends on what the purpose is. So if you're looking to uh, develop a revolutionary technology, um, new, you know, cure cancer, kind of R&D, uh, equity capital makes a lot of sense, right? You're, you're putting in money into invest uh, into something that you probably won't see a payout, or even a, even if there is a payout, a pretty binary zero one, two, or one payout, probably in five or 10 years. And that's where risk capital makes a lot of sense. Once you kind of build more stability and you know that your business has, um, for every dollar you put in, you get $2 out, something like ClearCo or something more... Um, structure probably makes a lot more sense. You don't want to give up as much of your upside or your own equity uh, for that capital. So we, th- we think a lot about that. And that's how we also kind of, uh, when we're deploying capital, recommend to our founders that we fund. Nice. I appreciate that. So to sort of uh, build on, on that question, when, when you are mentoring founders as I, I know that that's something that you do a lot of and something you're really passionate about. Kind of, you, you, you want to help give them advantages, but not give them an advantage that is, is, is going to make things too easy. Or is, is that the wrong way to look at it? Uh, I think it's something that I'm still kind of learning. I, I like, I'm not that experienced as a 
either as a mentor or advisor or as a coach by any means. Um, but uh, I started doing it mostly because there were, uh, she started out with some uh, ex-employees of mine or uh, ex-ClearCo uh, folks or friends that decided to start their own companies. And um, there were specific areas of expertise that I had, well, I guess I had the scar tissues or made a lot of mistakes doing so and uh, was able to help out. Um, but I think one of the things I learned kind of, George, to your point over the years is that uh, sometimes you do, maybe like, maybe this is what you're alluding to, like let, let people kind of fall and make their own mistakes, right? Because yeah. that's kind of how you'll learn. Um, and as much you, as you tell someone what might happen, uh, it, some, like they still kind of need to try it out themselves. And I think I've come to appreciate that more or recognize that a bit more. Um, so a lot of what I uh, think about when I'm kind of mentoring or advising companies is to give them more uh, scenarios or my experiences of what happened to myself, but kind of let them make my, their own decisions um, and uh, maybe give them my framework of making how I made those decisions in my past when we you know, did a partnership with a large company or when we made a, a certain sale that was very different, uh, but kind of, you know, let them make their own mistakes, if you will. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's obviously going to be different for everybody, and 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 all that stuff. And you wish that human beings would take wisdom from experience, but oftentimes we do need to just figure it out on our own. Um, so, <laughs> uh, in terms of, well, I'm I'm just curious now that you moved on from Clearco, how 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 are you spending your time? What does a typical day look like? Yeah, my typical day is uh, it's slow. It's um, it's different. It's very different from the type of work I do. But I think I still spend a lot of time uh, doing, I guess, what people might call work. But I, I find it quite fun, which is just reading and research, and a lot of reading, a lot, some writing more from, from a reflection perspective based on the reading, and then a lot of research on kind of what to go next. Building a new product within Clearco, or when we were building Clearco, right? Uh, the uh, the phases where you're trying to go from that zero to one, uh, it's very much of a um, try to understand what the market looks like, talk to a lot of people, talk to a lot of smart people, and uh, try to understand what are the potential problems that you want to you could solve, and then you need to pick which one you want to tackle. So I'm kind of in this phase right now where uh, try to take some time off and you know relax and. Uh, um, kind of uh, detach a little bit. I think that's healthy um, from a kind of like a work-life balance perspective. Uh, and at the same time, when I do kind of spend my time on work, it's more so the, now it's like research and reading uh, angle, learning new technologies and such. Nice. So that idea of time off, and we've been talking a lot uh, about self-care. It seems like it's just mm -hmm. been sort of in the ether a lot lately. That wouldn't have made any sense to me you know, 20 years ago, it makes more sense to me today. What do you think about that? I, I think I, I couldn't agree more. Like I, it probably wouldn't, I, uh, I'd probably give you a very different answer if you were to ask me this question, you know, five, 10 years ago. And um, it's uh, the, I think even over the last two years, uh, both as a company, how uh, Clearco has changed and changed me as well as myself and how my outlook has changed quite quite a bit. So uh, to give you a bit of kind of context or history, when we started the company, we were uh, kind of 
five, seven people in a, in a condo, lived there, breathed the work, and it was very much, this is what we were doing. And as a result, a lot of the in-office culture carried on as we grew bigger. Um, and uh, now we're fully remote. We have team members kind of all over the globe. We have uh, um, leadership in different countries and different places. So by default, it's fully remote now. Um, and this happened in 2020 after the, the whole pandemic. And uh, us learning, what does that mean? What are the new rituals you need to create? What are things that, for example, water cooler talks or kind of like time, when you take time off in this new world, sitting at home and kind of a staycation is very different from kind of like if you stay at home and, you, and Slack is still, or whatever messaging system you use is still kind of popping off and you're still getting emails all day, you don't get that same effect as you did when you go, went on vacation and you physically didn't have Wi-Fi, right? That kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so these are things that I started to appreciate a lot more. And I think a lot about uh, how to, I guess, how to actually detach properly, right? To make the most of, because when you're, when you're trying to detach, you're trying to recharge yourself, you're trying to kind of... Um, uh, self-care, uh, both your body physically, but also your mind, right? Um, mentally. And, uh, that's something that, uh, to be honest with you, I, I struggled with, uh, and I, I think I recently even struggled with, um, because after leaving Clearco, I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time off and, uh, you know, for myself and all that. And then I realized I just stayed at home and stared at a monitor all day and <laughs> didn't make much <laughs> of a difference. Right. So I'm trying to think about what are, uh, new mechanisms or new routines to um, get a bit of that mental uh, self-care and break. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? You're wired a certain way. And I think sometimes when we talk about work-life balance, that not everybody, our, 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 our ideas of balance are different. And just because you perceive that, that Charlie, if, if I perceive that you're working 18 hours a day, I would think, well, maybe that's a terrible thing, but maybe you have all the energy and that gives you energy and you really enjoy it. So it's a function of going back to maybe that time value of money thing we were talking about before is, is taking a little bit of time off here and there. Is that actually going to be increasing my ability to effectively work and be more effective? Just all, all that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think through ever since we went remote, I've also come to learn and appreciate that everyone's a little bit different, right? Everyone is... Uh, has their own, uh, the peaks of their day that they are most productive and times when they needed to be off. Uh, and at first I kind of wasn't used to it because I was thinking about, you know, from my own lens or my own perspective to say, oh yeah, no, I like to work these hours. But then I quickly realized that like the hours when I was working, some people were sleeping, some people wanted to, you know, they wanted to spend with their family, whatever it may be. Uh, and we started to develop a lot more of an asynchronous culture where, I could post something, but I shouldn't be asking for an answer or asking for a meeting, but rather, you know, I put, I put a question out there on the channel and someone else, when they're working or their productive time of the day, they're answering themselves. And uh, that created a lot better of a, a culture, I felt like, where people could kind of fully um, make it what they will. Um, but it did really uh, force us as a company to change how we um uh, approached working because it used to be a much, very much a synchronous culture where you sit down in a meeting right? And that's how we started. When we first went from pandemic to the Zoom culture, it was just like as if every meeting turned into a Zoom meeting. So there wasn't really any benefits of being detached. We were just all staring at a computer screen, jumping. Instead of jumping from office rooms, we would just jump from Zoom meetings to a different Zoom meeting. And uh, 
then uh, I think we, we, we thought a lot more about kind of the work, not work-life balance, but specifically around um, kind of what you mentioned around what is that time value of month, like time value, like what is your most productive time of the day, how to make the most use of everyone's happiness and, and time spent and uh, optimize the, the work routines more to adapt to that. Is that a, is, is the ability to do that? It's based on trust and, and confidence that the folks you're working with are fully invested in wanting to work hard. It's just that they're do things different than you do. Yeah, I think it does definitely require a, a pretty high degree of trust um, because you are believing that they shouldn't, well, if someone needs to take 18 hours to get the work done, great. And they want to work 18 hours, great. If someone wants to just put in two hours, but get the same deliverables, deliverables done, that's also great, right? Um, and it, became, it kind of uh, makes the culture very much more of a, um, you measure not by kind of the inputs that people put in, but more by the outputs that people mm-hmm. are, are coming out of. So much more results orientated, uh, which I think is ultimately uh, good at the end of the day. Yeah, interesting. Different seasons of life, Charlie just going through the maturation process, all, all, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, diff- different, um, <laughs> um, very much, I think over the last couple of years gave me a lot more perspective into, uh, both different, um, types of, uh, working environments as well as different types of what people prefer, uh, from, uh, kind of the, and I got to, got, got to appreciate a lot more of, um, different, uh, my colleagues who had families versus my colleagues who are kind of traveling the world and uh, living from different Airbnbs to different Airbnbs. Um, got to appreciate, got to see uh, kind of more firsthand and appreciate that a lot more and uh, try to ask some of that myself as well. So um, that, that, that part was a very good experience. I like it. Well, Charlie, people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Um, I think one of the, the biggest lessons I was uh, reflecting on this, one of the biggest lessons I learned over the last, I'd say, year or so, uh, similar to that vein of just different perspectives, is that everyone is the hero of their own journey, and everyone is kind of the the main character of their own story. Uh, and I think it's oftentimes too easy to forget and think from my like I, I I made this mistake a ton of times when I think about not from my colleague's perspective, but from my perspective, like oh why shouldn't they like this or shouldn't they want this or I prefer this, uh, but uh, it's it's important not to forget that everyone is the hero of their own story, and um, you know everyone's fighting a battle that you probably don't know about. And uh, um, yeah, to to remember that, that perspective. So that that's kind of a a big lesson that I learned uh, through this kind of whole um, uh, self care uh, as we transitioned from a very in office culture to a fully remote culture and kind of working with a variety of different people. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Charlie, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people learn more about you? How, how can they engage with you? Well, George, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, they could uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm starting to use that a little bit more. Uh, so that's Charlie C. Fang uh, uh, on, on Twitter. And um, yeah, and on LinkedIn as well. People are uh, more than happy to reach out and uh, happy to chat. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Charlie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to, or you can find Charlie on Twitter at Charlie C. Feng. 
and find them on LinkedIn. I'll list both of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Charlie. Thanks so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.